Podcast Answer Man, episode number 312. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, this is Chris Brogan from ChrisBrogan.com, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode, there's something we can all do to take everything we do to the next level. Oh, wow, my friends, that's right, taking things to the next level, and i be honest with you, I'm not doing that this week. I have been so busy answering podcasting A to Z questions, but it has been so much fun, and uh, I am actually in the final stretches of this course. Um, my, my May through June 2013 podcasting A to Z session ends tomorrow on Friday, June 14th. 15 students who will be entering into the world of podcasting. And I tell you, it brings great joy to me every time I start to get those notices that say, hey, I just want to let you know I got my email. It says I've been accepted in iTunes, and it's so exciting. And uh, that's really what has taken a majority of my time, energy, and focus. And so today's show, I'm often asked, how, Cliff, how, how long does it take you to prepare for an episode of Podcast Answer Man? And I usually say somewhere between one to three hours. And it's usually content that I'm coming up with on my own. And occasionally I'll pepper in a, you know, one of the voicemail feedback questions from you guys into an episode here and there. Well, today I have nothing but back-to-back questions from you guys off the voicemail feedback hotline. And yes, typically I would start the episode and tell you exactly kind of a a good feel, an overview of what's coming up in this episode, but I have, let me count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I chose ten voicemail feedbacks, uh, questions from the voicemail feedback hotline um, to, to include in this episode. I may only get to six of them, I may only get to four of them, I may get all ten of them, I'm not sure, so I'm not going to tell you what the topics are. It'll be a smorgasbord of wonderful information, I promise you that, okay? Now, how long did it take me to prepare that? It still took me about an hour to put together, you know, to pull off 10 pieces of audio feedback off the feedback hotline. All of these, by the way, came from, uh, all but one of them came from SpeakPipe. Uh, SpeakPipe is a great service out there for podcasters that allows you to Um, give your audience the opportunity to use their own microphones connected to their computers to provide audio feedback. You can learn more about it over there at speakpipe.com or actually go to podcastanswerman.com slash voicemail. I have other services that I talk about there as well. But anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and just jump right into your questions today. Like I said, I'm going to get as many of these in as possible. And this by no means is the extent of what I have in the archives of people who have submitted questions. So if you've submitted questions out there, I have about 40 other pieces of audio feedback that I could pull from, 
But for those of you who have not submitted a question, I encourage you to leave them some feedback. Leave me some feedback as far as questions. That's what I tr- most of the time do here uh, is answering questions on Podcast Answer Man. So podcastanswerman.com slash feedback will take you right to the place where you can submit your voice feedback for the show. Uh, I recommend um, probably about a, about a minute is what I recommend and asking in the form of a question uh, something that would be valuable to more people than just yourself uh, is usually what gets you into the show. All right, so getting things started here, we're going to first turn our attention to Adam, who has a question about soundboards. So Adam, take it away. Hey, Cliff. Uh, this is Adam Condit here from theruncast.com. I want to thank you for all of your uh, information on your site and just being so honest and clear about your passion for podcasting. I was able to get my first episode up just yesterday, and it is a great feeling um, seeing my podcast alongside of all of other my favorites, uh, including yours. I wanted to know what you thought about um, uh, soundboards and using sound effects and background music and just the applications you use. You know, you can get, I have a little application on my phone so I could run something mobily. I use an iPod, but I've been running into having to use multiple devices because I can't find a soundboard application that plays two um, clips at the same time to maybe have some background, um, you know, background music and some sound effects or some clips that you're going in and out of and have each of those clips have their own slider or adjustable volume if your background music is soft but you want your clips at full volume. So I hope you know what I mean. I'm sorry this was a little long-winded, but I love the show. I'm keeping up online. And uh, thanks again. Have a great day. All right, Adam, thank you so much for your question. And I'll be glad to tell you what I use for my own soundboards and um, on the desktop and my mobile platform, which for me is iOS. And it's from the same company. The company is called Black Cat Systems. Uh, and if they were, if there was a, an award that was a given to uh, the, on the web that has the ugliest website on earth or on the internet award, Black Cat Systems would get it. All you have to do to, to confirm that is just go to blackcatsystems.com. Seriously, go there, blackcatsystems.com. And then under audio bro- programs, if you want to even see it get uglier, just go on over to the right-hand side under audio programs and click on Soundbite, and there you go. My friends, that is a pretty ugly website. Uh, but the software, while it's not all dressed up, it's not as ugly, but it is extremely functional for $39. And by the way, if you're a Mac user, uh, you can go to the Mac App Store and pick up, it's called Soundbite Lite, and should be a $39 app. And that is the version that I use. Now, I got mine off the off the, off the the web. And by the way, this is available for Windows users as well. Same price, $39. And this allows me to play multiple clips uh, at the same time. In fact, let me see if I can find, do I still, some of this stuff uh, I have cleared off of here. You know what I'll do is I'll start my Podcast Answer Man music at the end. Here we go. And I will show you, and I'm actually doing all of this in software. So I'm actually going to, I'm actually, the, the sound clips, the buttons, have a volume track for each thing. 
And so as you can hear, the music's playing in the background, and then I could play my good friend John Dumas, who says, Hi everyone, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. And if you're looking to ignite the podcasting world, then you're in the right place. For Cliff Ravenscraft is the podcast answer, man. That's right. And then, of course, I could bring this music up. And then I could click this little thing over here. Cliff Ravenscraft. Ravenscraft. The podcast answer, man. Helping you take everything you do to the next level. So there you go. And and that gives you an example. All of that, by the way, was done with multiple different audio sound effects on my board all at the same time, playing at the same time and independently controlling volumes as I was going live with my mouse on the computer screen. Now, um, so again, that's the SoundBite application and the other application that I use, the one for the... Um, iPad and iPhone that I use, it is also from Black Cat Systems. It's also called SoundBite, and it's a $4.99 application that you can put on your app, on your iPad or iPhone, and it is really nice. Now, you won't be able to control the volume independently per track live, but I can go into the settings of each of those tracks and set a certain audio clip to play at a certain volume level when it is depressed all right so and and there are there are options for you to and and by the way I just checked before I recorded you can play multiple audio clips at the same time on the iOS application it will automate it will play both of them so I could have set the Pam or the podcast answer man theme music to play at a low level and then and then have the other audio clips play at a louder level over top of it. I just wouldn't be able to ramp up and down the other things. Now, I I didn't look there. Let me just pull this up here. I wonder if there is an option for ducking audio behind audio clips on here. And uh, let's see here. It gives me the option to do uh, cart volume, cart pan, cart rate, cart color, text size, cut in, looping count, touch aborts other carts. So basically you can actually, there's a little setting in here where you can tell it to where, hey, if I am, if I click play on this audio clip, I want you to cut out instantly the other audio clip that might be playing or any other audio clip that might uh, do it or be playing. Then there's also one where, okay, let's just say there's another clip that's being played. Well, as soon as I tap this clip, I want you to fade out the other cart. So it's not necessarily going to be a hard stop, but it'll be a fade of the other one. Uh, and let's see here, touch restarts playback. So basically that means that uh, when you actually hit the button and you are playing the clip and then you hit the button again, it'll it'll pause it and then touch it again. It'll restart it where it left off. That's an option. Then there's fade in playback. So basically if there is a, a music playing and you want to actually fade this one in on top of it so it doesn't immediately start with at its at whatever set volume is, you can choose that, but it doesn't look to me like there is a ducking option for this particular uh, audio program. So you'd have to manually control those, but those are the applications that I use. By the way, I've already told you how you can get the desktop version of SoundBite. If you want the iOS version, go to gspn.tv slash SoundBite, all one word, and that's S-O-U-N-D-B-Y-T-E. 
All right. Again, that's S-O-U-N, gspn.tv slash S-O-U-N-D-B-Y-T-E. And that'll take you to the app store where you can find the version there. Be careful if you're going into the app store because there are two versions of Soundbite in the app store. One is called iSoundbite, and I think it's all together one word. And that is a remote control application for the desktop version. So I could put that on my application or my iPad, connect it via Wi-Fi, and control my audio clips on my desktop from my iPad. I, I used to do that. I don't do it anymore. But um, yeah, so there, there's that one. It's called iSoundbite. If you're looking in the app store for the iOS version of this, uh, for your iPad or iPhone, it's two words, sound space B-Y-T-E. All right, and it should be $4.99, and it is a cool little application, and it's what I would recommend for most people if you are doing a lot of different things. It gets a little complicated when it you get into bringing audio clips from your mixer and then sending it to this uh, person on Skype who happens to be on the same computer that the clips are coming from. All of that's possible. Multiple sound cards are involved. Uh, no animals are harmed usually, uh, which is pretty cool. But yeah, it, it's possible. So hopefully that helps you out. If you're on another device outside of Apple, there are some sound carts out there. I just don't have any experience with those other carts to tell you if they have the ability to play multiple carts at the same time. But Soundbite is the solution that I use. And I hope that's very helpful to you, Adam. All right, now that now that I have answered Adam's question, we're going to move on to the next one here on my Soundbite soundboard. And this next question is about, um, it's on here somewhere, missing episodes in iTunes. And this is coming from Kevin. So let's see what Kevin has to say. Hey, Cliff. My name is Kevin Geary, and I am uh, calling from Atlanta. I have a podcast called The Rebooted Body, which uh, we are on episode number seven now. And my question has to do with Uh, losing episodes on iTunes. So what happened over the past week is we did a complete redesign of the website and we ended up switching servers as well. And uh, somewhere in the server switch, um, a a redirect happened on our feed to FeedBurner. And we posted a new episode of the podcast and iTunes and Stitcher were both not able to pick up that new episode. Uh, I've since fixed that redirect issue and iTunes and Stitcher both picked up the latest episode. However, uh, the first two episodes of our podcast are completely missing from the iTunes catalog. There's no way to find them. Uh, It says we have only five items uh, on iTunes when in fact we should have seven. And I was wondering if there is a way to get those first two episodes back in the list. I would really love to have those back. All right. So this is a very technical question and it's very much, uh, Kevin, tied to your particular situation here. And these aren't questions that I typically try to answer on Podcast Answer Man, but I'm going to give you at least a thought of what I think might be going on. And again, I don't even have all the information. So um, I'm going to make the assumption that you went from another hosted server solution. It may have been Podbean. You may have had some other. It doesn't even matter where you're coming from. I'm making the assumption, though, that you moved to WordPress. All right. And I think that's a safe assumption just based upon what I don't know about what most people do when they're making these kind of changes. So with that in mind, here's what I think might be happening. Now, when you create a self-hosted WordPress site, by default, if you go into the settings in WordPress, 
under reading, there is a, a setting that is called show this number of items in the feed. In fact, I'm going to uh, my WordPress dashboard right now just to confirm this. So I go to settings, I go to reading, and it says for each, uh, let's see here, syndication feed shows the most recent, and then by default, it will say 10 items. And what you want to do is increase that probably. Now you're saying, you might be thinking, okay, well, wait a second. I don't even have 10 items, so this can't be my issue. I've got I've got seven podcast episodes and only five are showing up. So since there are only seven, if even with it being 10 items, it should be showing me all 10 items. So again, I have to make some assumptions here. But what I'm um, what I'm assuming is that you actually took the feed from your WordPress site, which might be, let's just say, mypodcast.com slash feed. And my assumption is that you took the main feed from all categories, completely everything that's on your site, and you took that feed from WordPress and gave that to FeedBurner. Now, if that's the case, and I am assuming that it is, that means that you actually are bringing in blog posts and podcast episodes into your feed burner which is for your podcast feed, which is not what you need to do. In fact, what I would recommend that you do is create a category in WordPress for podcasts. And then what happens is every time you have a podcast episode, make sure you give it the category podcast. Then you can actually go in and take mypodcast.com slash category slash podcast slash feed. And that will be an RSS feed that has nothing but your podcast episodes. It won't have any blog posts or any other categories. It will only have podcast episodes. And my guess is that if you did mypodcast.com slash category slash podcast slash feed, put that into FeedBurner, just without even changing anything in your settings, you instantly would see all seven episodes of your podcast show up. Now, what's happening is my assumption, and again, I'm making lots of these because I don't have all the details, but my assumption is that you have a podcast episode and then in between two episodes, uh, in between that you have, in, in between the, the most recent and the last podcast episode, you have a blog post or a video blog post or something, uh, some other post on your site. And then you have another podcast and then you go back into the archives, there's another blog post, then there's another podcast. And, and so there are 10, there are 10 posts in your RSS feed, five of which are podcast episodes, five of which are blog posts. And that is why you are only seeing five episodes instead of seven in your feed. So hopefully that helps. I know that's a little detailed, but that's why we get into some advanced training uh, when it comes to these sorts of things with WordPress for podcasters, uh, which is a product that's available, by the way, on my site at podcastanswerman.com slash products. Uh, but anyway, just real quick, number one, my recommendation is instead of taking the original feed from the main feed from your site, get a category feed off of your site instead and use that. Go into your uh, settings under reading in the WordPress dashboard. Go to uh, your syndication items. Show the most recent. I would actually recommend just bumping that on up to 75. You might even be able to get it to 100. And then for each article feed right below that, Change it from full text to summary. Give that a shot. See how that works. I hope it helps you out. 
Thank you so much again, Kevin, for that question. All right, the next question comes in from Paul, and it's actually not even meant for the podcast answer, man, but it did come on the voicemail feedback hotline. So I figured I'd play it here because I'm going to turn it into a topic. Hey, Cliff, uh, this is Paul here. I uh, just am getting started with my podcast, and uh, I'm a young business entrepreneur who's uh, actually starting my own podcast, and uh, thanks to a lot of your information, uh, I'm almost up and running. Uh, It's actually pretty cool, pretty neat. I got my introduction and everything. Anyway, don't want to take up much of your time. I know you're a busy guy. I was wondering if you do any advertisements, uh, if you, uh, because I have a couple businesses uh, that uh, I would like to advertise to your viewers, um, perhaps banner ads or anything like that. Uh, If you can, please uh, get back to me. My phone number is Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. All right, Paul, thank you for the call. Um, And I'm not going to be responding to you personally. Uh, It sounds to me like you do listen to Podcast Answer Man, but uh, just for anybody who's interested, I don't typically do advertising or sponsorships for Podcast Answer Man. I certainly don't do banner ads. That that is that's a no brainer for me. That just I don't you know I try to my my site gets cluttered up enough with my own stuff, and I need to still simplify and clean some of that stuff out. So no, I'm not going to do any banner ads unless there was lots of money involved and even then I would probably have to turn down most of those offers. I am in the process of working out a sponsorship deal on two podcasts, not Podcast Answer Man, but two other podcasts that I produce or one that's currently being produced and one that is uh, going to be in production relatively soon and the reason why I would take that is because I have a relationship with the the potential sponsor. And I've had sponsors in the past, and they've always come out of relationships. So without having a relationship with you, Paul, or anybody else that would be interested in advertising, uh, the chances of me accepting you as an advertiser is very slim to almost non-existent. And it's, it's nothing personal. It's, it's just the fact that it, it's not personal. That's it. I, I like personal relationships and I like to pr- provide um, advertising or sponsorship opportunities for services that I personally use, that I personally believe in, that I have a strong affinity towards and I know that will be extremely valuable to my audience. Now for Podcast Answer Man, I want to tell you, I have somebody who has an extremely valuable service. It happens to be a very stark, you know, a very drastic competitor to Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Liberated Syndication. And, you know, Libsyn is not a sponsor of Podcast Answer Man. They're not an advertiser for Podcast Answer Man. But I do have an affiliate relationship with them. And if you sign up at Libsyn for your media hosting using promo code GSPN, you will get one month off and I will get some kind of... uh, a commission in, in the back end of that. Uh, down the road, I'll get a check from them every now and then, and and that's very cool. But even before I had an affiliate relationship with Lipson, in fact, the only reason I have an affiliate relationship with them was because of the number of people that I had sent their way. Probably in the high hundreds, if not more, well over a thousand people that I've sent to Lipson over the years. So, um, You know, I have a great relationship with them. And the person who has this other competing service with Libsyn, um, you know, I've talked to on the phone for an hour plus one time. It was a really great conversation. 
Um, and by the way, it's not Blueberry, okay? So just I, if any of you are wondering, I have a really good relationship with Todd. Uh, Todd's not come to me and said, hey, Cliff, we want to talk to you. Uh, but anyway, this other person with this other service that, you know, he's a great guy and he definitely knows his stuff. He'd be willing to bend over backwards so many ways to change and, and, and stuff like that. And even then, I've just kind of put it off. Um, he really wants to he really wants to work out an, an arrangement where uh, we might partner on things or it might be a, a, a promo or whatever. The thing is, is I've just put it off just because, well, number one, my relationship isn't close enough yet with this individual that I feel conf- completely confident that this is the right thing to do. Um, and and not that I have any any kind of like, you know, gut feeling that I shouldn't, but it, the, the relationship just isn't strong enough. And the one thing that's kind of unfair to this individual is the fact that I just don't have time right now to make that relationship stronger. I don't have, you know, for me to feel confident about bringing on sponsorship and all this other stuff and and these different things, I'd really need probably at least a, a good solid two to three months of regular ongoing interaction, talking, getting to know this person, getting to know some really intricate details about the back end and and the, the future plans and all this, just stuff I unfortunately don't have time for. And so those are the kinds of things that I think about when it comes to advertisers and sponsors. And also for Podcast Answer Man, I'm so busy promoting my own products and services that I don't want to overwhelm my audience with lots of calls to actions beyond the ones that I'm already doing. I've already got, you know, I have to sometimes choose, do I promote my podcasting A to Z course in this session? Do I promote my Bluehost affiliate? Do I promote my podcast mastermind? Do I promote my next speaking? And and sometimes I feel like I'm over-promoting as it is. And I can hear some of you agreeing with me. I get it. Trust me, I feel it on my end. I hate to actually have to over-promote. But at the same time, this is my business and I am promoting the products and services that I have. And one of the beauties of this podcast is that you guys get to know me. You get to know my my feelings and passion for this topic, you you hopefully come to understand how much I might know about it, the experience that I have, and it leads a lot of you to come to know, like, and trust me as an authority in the area of podcasting. That's why you continue to listen, and that's why those who have paid for a $2,000 podcasting A to Z course or who have purchased you know some high-end equipment or all the other things that you do, that's why you do them. And so I don't want to clutter it up with too much other advertising opportunities. Now, are there exceptions to this? Yes, but only, only when it comes to relationship. And and that's the thing. It's a very difficult thing for folks at this time, for somebody like Paul or anybody else out there to just jump right in and say, hey, I have a product or a service that I know is great. I think it'd be wonderful for all podcasters, and I'd like to advertise on your show. And so what I what I have to say is that, hey, if you have an, a product or a service that would be great for all kinds of podcasters, here's what I recommend. Get in touch with me via email. You know, my email address is cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Get in touch with me via email and let me connect you to the business person at New Media Expo. And we can work out an arrangement where you can actually have a booth at the podcast or at the uh, New Media Expo which is the industry-leading podcast or industry-leading conference for the podcasting industry. 
So that really is probably the best place to connect you. And you don't have to have that personal relationship with me to do that. I can just forward you that information and and make a personal introduction to our business manager for New Media Expo. So yeah, that that's my thinking on advertising. Now, am I opposed to having advertising? Absolutely not. Um, now, this isn't necessarily advertising, but I do have um, a wonderful affiliate relationship with uh, several companies, Bluehost, ScreenFlow, uh, Adobe Audition, um, and uh, a couple others, like Call Recorder. I don't talk about them very much, but if you go to gspn.tv slash callrecorder or gspn.tv slash Pamela, if you're a Windows user, both of those, I have affiliate relationships with them. I've got a bunch of affiliate relationships with companies that I promote from time to time. But the ones that I have the most relationship with are the ones that I get to have a great relationship with. And there's none other that I have a better relationship with than the folks over at Music Radio Creative, uh, Mike and Isabella Russell. And every now and then you'll hear me play a commercial in my podcast like this. Podcast Answer Man presents an exclusive audio branding package for podcasters. Where voiceovers, audio producers, singers, and musicians bring together their knowledge and talent to you. Get a one-hour web meeting with an audio branding specialist to discuss your podcast's exact audio needs. A professional intro and outro for your podcast. Plus, three jingles that you can use to transition between segments. Introduce interviews, features, and more. And more. The Podcast Answer Man audio branding package from just $449. Exclusively at podcastanswerman.com slash audio. I love what they do. Mike and Isabella are amazing. I have many students going through my podcasting A to Z course who are using them to create their audio branding package. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just a wonderful arrangement. And, and, and let me just tell you, that relationship didn't happen overnight. I, in, I interviewed Mike and Isabella Russell uh, quite some time ago on Podcast Answer Man. And I'm going to look that up real quick and tell you which episode that was. It is episode number 294. So if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 294, I encourage you to listen to that episode, Paul, and hear what they went through to actually establish a relationship with me. And it's not necessarily something I recommend, but it, it was it was how they did it. They, they reached out to me via email several times. Um, you know, I was very open to hearing what they had to say, but was just very busy they flew all the way from the UK to Las Vegas for New Media Expo, met me there, and and it was just like, wow, these people are so authentic, genuine, and awesome, and I've seen what they did, and when you hear what they did for me after the expo and what they sent to me, it, it will blow your mind. I mean, as a matter of fact, they, well, just go listen to that episode. I don't want to rehash the whole thing. But I think that was, uh, what was it, podcastanswerman.com slash 294. All right. Uh, oh, and by the way, I want to say something. They created this amazing, um, they created this amazing video thing and at, at, like music track to go with a video that I was having created. And I wasn't sure that I liked it at first. And, you know, I, I, it just didn't sound right. Um, and... I, I have a hard time explaining it, but as time has gone on, I've actually got to the place where, you know what, I, I think I really do like this. You probably, 
you may end up seeing this at the end, this little video clip at the end of some of my longer productions for Podcast Answer Man, uh, as far as when it comes to my um, uh, video productions. And uh, But anyway, let me just play for you the, the soundtrack that they played for this 34-second uh, video. Here we go. I'm going to pl- bring it up here right now. Inspiring podcasts that are having a positive impact on the lives of others around the world. Cliff Ravenscraft. Ravenscraft. The podcast answer. Helping you take everything you do to the next level. Okay, so I'll be honest with you. When I first heard that, I'm like, yeah. You know, and, and it's I, I have, I and mean, it's not necessarily the work that they did. It was just was was it right to actually try to use my original music? You know, the podcast answer man bumper music. Was it right to use that max? It almost seemed like we were trying to force something to fit something when maybe actually coming up with new music might have been another option. And then eventually I ended up scrapping the whole idea and like, eh, let's just put this on the back burner for right now. We've got so many other projects and I know you guys have got other projects. And I thought, you know, I might not ever really use it. And then the other day I pulled it out again. It's like, that doesn't sound too bad, especially when you get just to this little clip here. Cliff Ravenscraft. Ravenscraft. The podcast answer. Helping you take everything you do. And I'm thinking, okay, so maybe there's some way I might be able to find a way to use that. Now, at the end of my show, you know that I usually click this button here. And for three and a half minutes, this music plays to end the show. And my thought was, wait a second, I wonder if they would be willing to take this long three and a half minute theme song where I can continue to talk about talk over top of it in the background and then right at like let's just say the three minute five second mark that is when I know that I have to stop talking and then right at the very end of the clip as soon as I stop talking it'll automatically end with something like helping you take everything you do to the next level So anyway, I'm, I've been thinking about that and and uh, working with them to see if we can't come up with uh, some way to incorporate that into the end of our show. Of course, it's not going to happen for this episode, um, and I don't know if it'll happen for the next episode, but um, you know, it's just things that I work on. But I have a relationship with Mike and Isabella, and if you guys are interested, go over to podcastanswerman.com slash audio. They are awesome. But um, yeah, that's how I feel about advertising, you know, just... Only when it makes a lot of sense. I'm really, really passionate about the work that the people are doing, that I use them myself uh, and all that good stuff. All right, moving on, we have background noise issues with Jen, it sounds like. So uh, let me pull that up here and uh, Jen, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Jen T. Grace from the Gay Business and Marketing Made Easy podcast at gaybusinessandmarketing.com. I'm calling today to ask you a question in regards to recording. I've been working on a project where I've been interviewing 30 guests for the month of June. And what I keep finding is that there may be some kind of background noise in the background during the interview. 
And is there a way that I can turn the volume down on my microphone that you can't hear the background noise coming in on my end? So today when I was doing an interview, there were birds chirping in the background and it was almost a high pitched squeak. And when I tried to lower the input volume on my microphone, now that I'm re-listening to the recording, I'm noticing that that sound is still there. If you could advise me on how I could go about doing that, that would be great. Thank you so much, Cliff. I love what you're doing. Keep on doing it. All right, Jen, I would love to tell you that, a, a, you know, just a, a manual gate on your end would do the trick. However, when it comes to birds chirping, those birds have a very high-pitched sound, and oftentimes the volume level of those birds chirping might actually trip the gate open. So I don't know that a gate would necessarily work for you. But there is something that I could think of that absolutely would work for you. Number one, um, turn down the gain as much as possible where you can actually get close to the microphone and and still hear yourself and still hit those negative 12 to negative 6 dBs uh, on, on the recording levels. That That's going to help draw out a lot of the background noise. Now, when it comes to when you're doing the interview and as the person is talking in the interview and you're not talking, there is a way to actually cut out any and all sounds from your end and that is simply to hit the mute button. Now, if your mixer does not have a mute button, then what I would recommend doing is taking your volume knob or slider and setting it at a certain place where you know where to turn it to to get exactly the right volume from your microphone And then you can actually, when you're not talking, after you finish asking a question, you can immediately turn the volume all the way down for that track. This is not the gain volume. This is actually the volume control at the bottom of your mixer. Again, the the mute button would certainly, if you have a mute button, it would certainly cut out everything when you're not talking. Now, of course, this would require you manually muting and unmuting your voice. They actually have some devices out there uh, that you can put in line. They even have like a little foot pedal. They, uh, if you press your foot down on this little pedal, it's muted. Your voice is muting, and you have to actually let your foot up off the pedal to actually let your voice pass through the microphone. You could look into a device like that as well. But um, you know, really, those are the only two things that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't think that a gate is going to help you. I think that wherever your gate threshold is set. Uh, that bird chirping could be loud enough to actually come through and open up the gate anyway. Uh, The other thing you could do is close the windows. And if you have a bird in the house, take it into another room uh, if it happens to be a pet bird. But uh, if it's birds outside, then by all means, close the windows, put some curtains on those windows uh, and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully, Jen, that helps you out just a little bit. All right, we're doing pretty good here getting through these questions. All right, so let's go to another sound question. This one comes from Dan. Hi, Cliff. My name is Dan Colvin, and I am in need of the podcast Answer Man. Um, I started listening to your show about three months ago through Inspiring Innovation Magazine, and immediately you gave me such encouragement to start podcasting. Uh, I've listened to so many of your episodes already uh, that are in the archives, Um, and I know I'll be a future customer as well. But uh, my show is called Church Dismantled. Uh, and uh, it provokes people to be believers outside of the church facility, and we talk about the current church structure as well. I've been a pastor for about 20 years. Um, My question is this. Have you done anything to soundproof your room or your studio for podcasting, or are you completely relying on the gates of the compressor? Because I notice I get a lot of bouncing off of the walls, um, and I don't use a compressor, unfortunately, right now at least, 
but what is the best method method for soundproofing your room outside of your sound equipment, like using a compressor? I appreciate your help on this. I look forward to future episodes. Uh, I'm very excited, and uh, I hope you and your family had a great vacation. Thank you. All right, Dan. So, so thank you so much for your question. And uh, I am actually doing something intentionally here in my studio just to show you uh, what my room sounds like. Now, what I've done is I've turned off my compressor limiter gate so it's not plugged in anymore at all. And I've turned the gain up really high on my microphone so that I could sit pretty comfortably. Right now, I am about 12 inches away from my microphone. Now, if you are listening to this through your car, you don't hear anything other than my voice, and that's perfectly fine. But if you happen to be listening through your computer speakers, there's a good chance, in, if you're in a quiet environment, you might hear a little bit more of the echo. Um, and for those of you who have headphones on or earbuds in, there's a really good chance that you actually hear in the background my air conditioning vent, which, by the way, has been on this entire episode. You're only just now hearing it because I've turned the gain up and also because I had the compressor limiter to gate in. So uh, what I'm doing now is, is right now, I'm a, again, I'm about a foot, maybe 14, 15 inches away from the microphone. And what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna turn to this side of the room. And as I do this, you'll notice you even hear more echo. And that's the reason why is this room is not soundproofed at all. I guess the only soundproofing I can tell you that I've done in my studio here is the fact that it has carpeting. All right, so certainly having carpeting in your room does help. And if you don't have wall-to-wall carpeting, you could even add a floor rug. Of course, that'd get kind of expensive. Um, Other things you could do is put sound dampening panels on your walls. They don't have to actually cover your entire walls. Some of them can be quite decorative, and you can look those up online, but they can be very expensive. Uh, They're called sound dampening panels. Um, You could also get some of those foam things. Those actually look a little less attractive and stuff like that in your studio. But I don't have any sound dampening panels in my studio. I don't have any real sound treatment at all. Now what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to show you, or show you via audio, what it's like for me to just do two things. And this is not gonna be plugging my compressor limiter gate in. I'm simply gonna get closer to my microphone and I'm gonna turn my gain down. All right, so now, if you listen, you don't hear nearly as much echo in my voice as you did before. And the only difference is, is now my lips are no more than about two inches away from my microphone and I turned my gain way, way down. And I'm still, if I look, I'm still hitting right around negative six dBs on my recorder. So, and, and by the way, for those of you who talk like this and stuff like that, and you think, well, okay, I, well, if you talk like this, you're gonna have an issue where the noise floor or the sounds and the ambient sounds in the background are, and, and all of those other things, they're going to be, you know, they're, they're gonna be loud. You have to amplify, amplify your voice in post-production and then you will amplify the ambient noise in the background or the static or even the noise floor. And so that's why when I speak, I try to speak with a little bit more power, with a little bit more emphasis to my voice, a little bit more energy in what I'm doing. You need to project a little bit more so that you can turn down that gain and still get good quality audio. 
And it doesn't mean that you have to be sound like me. I mean, I can still talk with my powerful projected voice and still talk like a normal person. So it doesn't mean that you have to actually talk like I normally talk in an episode, but there's a big difference between talking like this and talking like this. All right? So, that, that, and by the way, now, for those of you who are listening via computer speakers, there's a good chance you do not hear any of the air conditioning going on in the background. However, um, there are still, you know, there's still little things. For example, when I inhale like that, you're still hearing those kind of things. And for that, um, you know, the little, and by the way, I'm going to turn my gain up just a little bit right there. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to plug in my compressor limiter gate. And really, the only people who are in a quiet area with headphones or earbuds in are going to notice a big difference. There you go. It is dead silent right now when I'm not talking. There's not a single thing coming through. And yeah, I mean, now is there still a little bit of echo in my voice? When you listen back to this in post, and in, in after I listen back to this in post-production, do I hear a little bit of echo in my room? I do. I notice it. I'm an audio snob. I notice everything. Is it anything worth worrying about? Nope. Never once have I had anybody complain, gosh, Cliff, there's a lot of echo in your room. And and the funny thing is, is on a scale of 1 to 10, I would never give myself a, a, a 10. I think on a scale of 1 to 10, the best I've ever done was like a 9.2, maybe a 9.5 in my own estimation. I usually hit around, an. Uh, I usually, my audio levels, my audio quality for Podcast Answer Man on average is right around a 9. Now, those who listen to my show and sign up for my course and all these other things, on a scale of 1 to 10, almost all of them will tell you, gosh, Cliff, your show is a 10 every single week, and I want my show to sound exactly like yours. And then they record, they, you know, they buy the same, they buy the exact same equipment that I have, they record their sample episodes, and I listen to their show, and I'm listening to it. Some of them have just the most amazing, let me just play for you some audio from a couple people. Now, I don't even know which ones of these sounds better than others, but here's Dr. Hans Finsel. Here, we'll do this. Let me get right into his episode here. I think the word to use is influence. When a mom influences her children, she's a leader. When a uh, scout uh, troop master leads his Boy Scouts. That's Dr. Hans Finsel. He's an A to Z student right now. You can, uh, his is actually leadershipanswerman.com. He was also influenced by Hank Handergraf, I believe. Uh, let's see here. We'll go into Rieger Cortell. Practitioner is licensed to diagnose medical conditions, prescribe medicine, and treat illnesses. The exact scope of a nurse practitioner's license is determined by the state where. The- you know, and I and let's see here. I'll go to Ijama Eliazu. Overwhelmed with the pages of information you have to wade through. So these, this is the quality that my students are coming out with in their shows, sounding really, really good. And it's amazing to me when I listen to an episode where I would actually give it about a solid nine, which is about as good as I'm going to ever give you, okay? I'm never going to give you a 10, unless you actually deserve a 10. Uh, I haven't heard a 10 yet. But um, when it comes down to it, a good solid nine for many of my students is quite common. And when they do, they're like, gosh, I, I really hate it. There's this horrible echo in the background. And I'm like, what do you think about my show? Well, your show doesn't have echo. 
And then I said, go back and listen to my show again and tell me if it doesn't sound exactly like yours. There's there's a little echo in my in my room. I could put some sound absorption panels in here, but to be honest with you, um, Dan, I, I don't think I need it. I think that I'm just fine. And if I wanted to do anything, I could just turn down the gain just a little bit more and even reduce that echo, which I just did. And I could even turn my gain down just even a little bit more, and now there should be almost zero echo in here. But I kind of like myself right about here. And that's why you hear just a little bit of echo. So Dan, that's that's my response. Um, yes, you can use some sound absorption panels. You can carpet the, r- the room. You can put curtains up. Um, you can put more books on the shelves. Um, you know, things to just kind of deflect sound and dampen sound and all that other stuff. Uh, but to answer your original question, do I soundproof my studio? No. So there you go. All right, next one is a feed burner question. This one actually comes in from Ben. And so Ben, take it away. Cliff, what's up? This is Ben Greenfield calling from bengreenfieldfitness.com. I have a bunch of podcasts and I basically have all my feeds that are being sent to iTunes right now set up in FeedBurner. And from what I understand, FeedBurner might be going bye-bye. So what is the most seamless way for me to actually make the transition and replace my feed burner feed that's distributed all over the four corners of the planet to instead be my regular uh, bengreenfieldfitness.com slash feed feed. So um, let me know and you would save my butt, I hope. Talk to you later. Thanks for everything you do. All right, Ben, thank you for the question. And, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people saying feed burners going bye bye too. But until I hear it from Google, I ain't worrying. Uh, so I I have this philosophy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That Yes, I used ain't twice in two back-to-back statements. Don't care. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's nothing wrong. Is, is there any problem with the people of getting your many various different podcasts, getting your, your, your uh, podcast each and every week from FeedBurner? I haven't heard of anything. Yes, I do know two people who have had some one-off issues with their personal feed burner feed accounts and stuff like that. Um, I don't know what was behind those situations, but they were 100% isolated to those two individuals. One of them happens to have quite a large following, and and so yes, you know these little you know reverberations and echoes from somebody out there having an issue um, goes a long way. However, I can tell you right now, I am responsible for having thousands, and I do mean thousands, this isn't an over-exaggeration, but I mean thousands of people signing up and creating their feeds, or their podcast feeds with FeedBurner. And I still, I still am teaching people to set up FeedBurner. And the reason why is because it's not broke. There's no reason to fix it. And some people will argue, argue well, there, why, why would you teach them that if, you know, everything's, you know, getting canceled by Google when it comes to RSS? Well, I've not seen them cancel FeedBurner yet. Now, do I believe that there is a chance that FeedBurner may go away one day? Yes, I do. I, I probably wouldn't have thought about it until they got rid of Google Reader. And certainly, I thought, man, if anything's going to happen, it would be FeedBurner to go before Google Reader. But now I understand that Google Reader is gone, and I understand why they would actually do that and not FeedBurner first. And that's because FeedBurner or Google Reader, there there are tons of other services out there for those people who were using Google Reader. 
And, you know, it, it just wasn't something that they wanted to work on. But let me tell you, my friends, there are millions. Yes, there might only be there may only be a hundred thousand or maybe even two hundred thousand podcasts that are using that are using uh feedburner but let me tell you there are millions and I mean multiple 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 millions of bloggers who are using feedburner okay so I don't think that it's just gonna go away if it does, the good news is Feedburner is going to give us a transition plan. They're going to give us some transit. They're going to give us some iTunes redirects. Probably there are not iTunes redirects, but feed redirects. They're going to give us permanent redirects. They're going to make it as easy as possible to make the transition. And am I working on something in the background? Yes, I am. I am working on a different path. And it will not include a plugin with WordPress. All right. It will not. My my recovery plan from if FeedBurner goes away will have nothing to do with WordPress whatsoever when it comes to developing my RSS feeds. I'm not going to give you any more details beyond that, but just to know that I am working on something. And uh, when the when the time is right, I will reveal it. And that the time isn't right. And there, and by the way, all of my feeds, podcast answer, mine's feeds.feedburner.com slash PAM for podcast answer man, feeds.feedburner.com slash GSPN for my all-inclusive feed over there, or no, it's actually, what is it? Yeah, anyway, there's, yeah, that's right, I, I think. Anyway, there's, I, I have 30 FeedBurner feeds for podcasts, and every single one of them still serve all of my files perfectly well as do the FeedBurner feeds for thousands of other people that I've helped launch a podcast. So my thought is until you get an official word from Google that they are shutting down FeedBurner, ignore all those other people that tell you it's going away because we're going to get a minimum of three months, probably at least six months of notice. In fact, they know they they told us about Google Reader shutting down months ago, and it's I still use Google Reader every day. Uh, I know it's going away. Not a big deal. There's plenty of other services out there that do it. And the thing is, is when FeedBurner shuts down, if FeedBurner shuts down, when the time is right, there'll be options. And not my uh, my option will not be the only option. There will be transition plans in place uh, from not just Google for doing a feed redirect, but there'll be other people like myself and other podcast consultants out there that will have a myriad of information out there for how to how to move your feed, how to transition things over if that time or when that time should come. And so my big thing, don't worry about it. It ain't going bye-bye anytime soon. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's my thoughts. All right, moving on to Andy who has a question about podcast-protected feeds. Hi, Cliff. Andy Dolph calling from Holistic Business Radio, the podcast of the love and money revolution. I'm trying to help a friend who is doing a teleclass series and wants to create a podcast so that the people who are in the class can subscribe to it and automatically get the recordings of each call delivered to their phone or computer or wherever they subscribe to podcasts. The catch is we need to password protect it so that it's only available to the people who are in the class. We don't need a lot of security, just 
a simple password. And I've subscribed to password-protected podcasts before, and so I know that iTunes and several other podcatchers are able to handle that. The question is, how to set it up? I'm wondering if you have a suggestion for a quick and easy and hopefully inexpensive way to do that. Thanks very much. All right, Andy. So the first question I have is, do you really need a password protected feed? I mean, do you do you trust the people who are taking this class to not share that RSS feed with other people? Um, and if so, then um, then do you really need a password protected feed? Why not create a manual podcast feed? Um, you could there there are services out there that would allow you to do this. You you could actually hand code your own with a text document. Um, but there, there are certainly other, uh, you, you could get like feeds for all, which is an ugly program. Uh, but you could go to feedsforall.com. There's podcastmaker.com or, well, I, I don't know if it's podcastmaker.com, but podcastmaker software. There are other software solutions out there that will allow you to build a, an RSS feed that doesn't necessarily run off of WordPress and, and all of those other things. Uh, and what you could do is you could just do, create a folder called, um, Create a folder on your website or your web host that is feeds and then create a folder inside of that folder called uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And inside of that folder is uh, podcast.xml. And that's where you would put the file. And so basically it'd be mydomain.com slash feed slash A, B, C, D, E, F, G slash podcast.xml. Now the thing is, is as long as nobody's linking to that, Google's not going to index that podcast feed. As long as you don't put it in iTunes, iTunes isn't going to show people where that feed is. It's not going to show up in any of the directories. and It's not going to show up anywhere. And then what you could do is you could just have people click on a link uh, or type that uh, a feed address in manually into whatever uh, podcast catching software that they want. And they can just type in, you know, HTTP colon slash slash my or my website dot com which is your website slash feeds slash abcdefg slash podcast dot xml and then boom they're automatically subscribed to your feed now if you're afraid that they might they might take that address and share it with other people well my friend what's going to keep them from sharing their password with other people along with the feed so that's my kind of thinking on that now, if you want a solution out there, I've not used it myself, but I've heard people say some good things about it. Nanacast, N-A-N-A-C-A-S-T.com. I have no relationship with them at all. Know nothing about how their service works, but I just have heard a couple people say that they've used them and that it and and that some people are very happy with it. So again, you can check out nanacast.com and they kind of do a little bit more of a robust situation. One other low-cost solution for you is that you could put WordPress, uh, a WordPress installation into a directory and then use your HT access to pass per- password protect that entire directory. So if somebody goes in and tries to pull up your website off of that or that WordPress site, um, it'll immediately, instead of showing them the site, it'll ask for a password. Uh, because you've put HT access password protection in there. And then, um, you know, once they type in the password, sure, they can browse the site, no problem at all. Yeah, well, guess what? Any RSS feed that comes off of that WordPress website is also going to be password protected through that HT access. And so when people go to put their feed, so it's, 
you know, www.mypasswordprotectedsite.com slash feed, if you give them that, that if as long as the directory is password protected, when they take that slash, you know, your domain dash dot com slash feed and put that into their podcast catcher, it's also going to ask them for uh, username and passwords. Now, I did a variation of this when I did gspn.tv plus membership where every member had their own username and password. That gets a little bit more complicated, not something I'm interested in even talking about uh, because to be honest with you, I think podcast feeds, I kind of like them being free. But anyway, hopefully that gives you some thoughts to think about. And with that, my friends, it's already over one hour, and I don't like it when my shows are over one hour, so I'm going to wrap things up. I still had, let's see here, one, two, three pieces of feedback off of the feedback hotline. Maybe next week I'll do another feedback show, clear out some more of those things before I leave on my two-week vacation with my family, which I am so looking forward to. But hey, my friends, if you have not yet launched your first episode, your first podcast, and you've been thinking about it, right now, my friends, is the time you want to sign up for my July podcasting A to Z course. It starts on July 22nd. It will run for four full weeks. And by the end of that four weeks, you will have a podcast if you devote yourself to it. And I would love to be there for you every step of the way. If you have not heard about my podcasting A to Z course, I encourage you to go over to podcastinga2z.com. Again, that's podcastinga2z.com. So much information about that course there. And I promise you this, I under promise and over deliver. So I had somebody once ask me, do you really go through all of this? Do you really offer all of this? That can't be true. Well, I'm telling you, my friends, that I'm a type of person who always likes to under-promise and over-deliver. So check it out, podcastinga2z.com. If you use promo code or the discount code EARLY500, you can save $500 off, but that's only if you sign up before the end of June. Again, that's EARLY500. One more time, that's discount code EARLY500. I'm actually trying to cough. I'm going to mute myself and cough for just a second. There we go. Now I can talk. Anyway, that discount code's available till the end of July. You got it. Hey, real quick, just want to say thank you to those of you who have been using my Bluehost affiliate links. Lean6SigmaInHealthcare.com That is a site that was created using my affiliate link with Bluehost. And also, PodFreak.com Both of those folks have used my affiliate code. Thank you so much. If you guys want my full thoughts on hosting, when it comes to shared hosting with Bluehost, which I recommend for a majority of podcasters getting started, and when maybe you might have outgrown uh, shared hosting and maybe you want to actually, as a business, you want to jump right into something a little bit more robust than shared hosting, all of those thoughts are over at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. That's going to wrap it up, my friends. Thank you for everything. And I know that this is going to sound super, super cheesy, but I'm going to try this. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can actually manually do this. And I'll have my friends at Music Radio Creative help me fix this in uh, future episodes. Help me you take everything you do.